What's up, chefs? I'm Julia London, and welcome to the Shade Judah Podcast. Sourdough is probably one of my favorite types of bread. I get it from this nice little place on my street. So sourdough is a very interesting kind of bread because it requires a starter, as in cultivated yeast, to make the bread. And if you've ever seen a dough starter, it looks like nothing, but it's like alive, like living. Like you know you got a cat and a dog in your house? You know how they're living? It's like that. So how? I might be able to help you with that. Dan. Yes. Break it down for us, okay? Like, how does yeast still live in sourdough? Yeah. So you're, you saying it's like having a cat or a dog is really, really true. You've, it's a pet. You've got to look after it. You've got to feed it. Um, you've got to give it water. Um, you've got to keep that alive. So what we would call it is a culture, right? So it's not one thing. Yeast is a bacteria, right? There's millions and millions and millions of tiny little celled organisms uh, living together in your sourdough and what you do is you regularly feed it more flour so it can eat the carbohydrates in the flour the sugars and stuff Uh, so you're feeding it and you keep water in there to keep it all mixed up nicely so you are really keeping not just one thing alive you're keeping millions and millions of these things alive and bacteria are really good at reproducing so they're growing and growing and growing so even though you know you have these sourdough starters that are handed down for generations there are bakeries that say they've had the same one for hundreds of years sometimes no one bacteria is going to be the same bacteria, but it's going to be the same culture. So the bacteria are going to die and new ones are going to grow. Uh, it's constantly changing the exact bacteria that are in there, but the culture is the same one and it's still alive. So like the sourdough is like a big barn and inside the barn is like a bunch of cows and that's the bacteria. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Nice. And you've got to put food in there to keep them going. Does the bacteria make the sourdough sour or is sourdough even sour? So yeah, I think lots of people who talk about sourdough bread say it's got this kind of sour, almost vinegary kind of taste. Sometimes that might be too strong. But yeah, that does come from the byproducts, the acids uh, that the yeast give off when they're, when they're reproducing. They're eating and they're giving off waste, just like we do. We eat, we give off waste. Uh, one of the big ones and the most useful waste they give off would be the carbon dioxide gas that they breathe out, essentially. That's what puts all those air bubbles in your bread. Uh, and it's also what, if you keep a sourdough starter, then you'll know that when you feed it, it gets really active and it grows. All these bubbles appear in it. And that's the carbon dioxide gas that they're giving out. So if you were like doing the huge loaf of bread that you wanted to do, right? Yeah. If you just kept feeding that starter, would the bread essentially just keep on growing? So no, because you do something really horrifically cruel to your pet, right? You feed it, you look after it, you put it in some bread, and then you put it in an oven and you kill it, right? It dies. Uh, but what happens is that yeast, you get something called oven spring. So you put your you put your dough, your soft dough bread, you know, after all the process of kneading it and uh, letting it rise and all these kind of things, you're keeping that yeast alive. It's eating some of the flour that you've put in your dough. You put it in the oven and it suddenly it gets warm. And as yeast gets warm, it gets really active. So it produces loads more carbon dioxide and your bread will suddenly spring up in the oven. It will get bigger, get these big air bubbles in it, these big carbon dioxide bubbles. Uh, as the yeast gets all excited, eats more of those, uh, more of the food in there, gives off carbon dioxide, bread gets big, and then the heat of the oven is going to kill the yeast off, and the bread's going to stop growing, uh, and that's when it's going to settle as the the size of loaf that you've made. I live in the city. 
Yeah. And so you can't really get a lot of fresh yeast around in no, the city. No, sure. So you have to use a lot of dried yeast. So yep. how does dried yeast come into play when you're trying to make sourdough? So you'll know if you've used dried yeast, you have to, we say, reactivate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to get it going again. So the dried yeast, it's had the moisture removed out of it, but bacteria are pretty tough, actually. So they can lose their moisture and they go dormant and they won't do anything. They're not eating and they're not uh, kind of active. Well, literally, they're not active. So you reactivate them. You give them some water to rehydrate them and you give them some food. So a, a typical way of reactivating dried out yeast is to put it in some water with sugar, something like that. So you're giving it some food from the sugar uh, and that will bring it back to life. It will stop being dormant. It will stop resting uh, and it will get active again. And then essentially it is back to being a live yeast. Uh, goes in your bread. You know, goes in your dough rather, starts eating, starts reducing gas, doing exactly the same thing the live yeast is. Psst, yo, guys, while I've got your attention, I'd like to ask a huge favor. If you enjoy listening to Shay Judah, please head over to my page on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. We can give the show a nice review. It's really helpful in getting others to listen and enjoy Shay Judah too. What other cultures are there? Yeah, so other, so yeah, so cultures are these collections of bacteria and uh, you know you hear you know you'll hear on tv adverts and stuff oh there's friendly bacteria and good bacteria and then that insinuates that there's bad bacteria that's going to make you sick which is true um so things like yogurt has bacteria in it um and even drinks that specifically say they're a you know they're a live culture drink um, that's supposed to be good for your digestive system because the really amazing thing is there are more living things inside of you than there are your own cells right in your gut there are millions and millions and millions of live bacteria and they're really good for you right if you've heard uh, the phrase symbiotic or a symbiote something it's like when two things live oh, together yeah. and they yeah. kind of help each other out so your body is pro- you're providing food by eating it not just for yourself but also for the bacteria but the bacteria is helping to break down that food which helps your body get the nutrients out of it so you have loads of really good bacteria inside your intestines um, there's a few things that can go wrong with this. So uh, sometimes after a course of antibiotics, which you might take for some kind of infection, might, as a side effect, because what antibiotics do is kill bacteria, they might kill off the good bacteria that you need in your gut. So there are various ways of replacing these. One of them is really gross, right? Mm. So because it's in your gut, one of the places some of those bacteria go is when you poo them out, right? So there is uh, a medical procedure called uh, a fecal transplant so fecal means poop wait yeah i I think i heard about it in science (laughs) am i right am i right to say that they take your poo or someone else's poo and put it back into your digestive system that's right yeah so what so you haven't got enough bacteria in your gut so they get someone else who's got a nice healthy gut get some of their poo and then you (laughs) it can get into a number of ways but one of them is for you to eat it yeah, gross, right? Now, of course, doctors <laughs> uh, are going to make that as palatable for you as possible, right? They're going to, you know, cook it up, bit of, uh-huh. bit of parsley on the top. Yeah. Right? No, it's not. They're, they're, uh, they can, you know, water it down, put it in tablets. But it's to get um, a seed of more bacteria into your gut that they can, can then grow back in. This is a really, really old cure as well. There's a, an ancient Chinese recipe for what they called yellow soup, which uh, was supposed to help with you if you had uh, digestive problems. <laughs> I feel like it's a horror. I feel like it's a, a prank that some people like. <laughs> really elaborate, million yeah, year like, old prank. Yeah, like, listen, Kay, I know you're sick, <laughs> so I made you this delicious yellow soup. 
finished the whole bar. He's like, yeah, I feel so much better. Yeah, he just ate um, poo. Yeah, yeah, nice. Mm. <laughs> no, worse than that, you're eating someone else's poo. Oh, yeah, that's way worse. <laughs> As you were talking about in the oven, where um, a lot of bacteria like get killed in there. Yeah, sure. So... And we are warm blood creatures as mammals, right? Yeah. So do bacteria get, does the bacteria get killed in our digestive system? So actually, we're not really hot enough to kill bacteria. In fact, we're a really great temperature for bacteria because like, we're made of cells, bacteria are made of cells. We're a good temperature to keep our bodies active, which means as a kind of side effect, we're also a really good temperature to keep uh, uh, bacteria nice and active. But what is really tough for the bacteria to get through is our digestion. You know, you've got a stomach full of acid, which is there to break down food and everything that goes in it. So if you drink one of these, uh, you know, these live culture drinks, how much of that stuff makes it through your stomach isn't really clear from what I've read. Uh, it seems like it's quite a tough environment for it to get through. But we do definitely have bacteria in our guts, you know, beyond our, beyond our stomach, in our intestines. So I think eating foods and stuff like that, which have live cultures in them, like yogurt, encourages lots of good stuff in the environment of your intestines for the bacteria that's already there. You know, you're providing it with, you know, good, healthy food for it. Uh, so, you know, these things maybe help, but from what I've read, it's uh, it's pretty easy to keep your your the number of bacteria you have in your gut balanced. It's only if you have something like a course of antibiotics or something go really wrong that you can have a problem and end up eating that yellow soup. Alright chefs, the kitchen is closed for this episode. You can find out more about this episode in the show notes on iTunes or Stitcher. I also have a blog where you can check out my ideas about cooking, recipes, and videos at www.judalondon.com or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at judalondon. Today's episode was produced by me and my mom, Kara Smith. Audio recording by Tamash Casper, and my intro music was composed and produced by Alvaro and Zalora. Special thanks to Dan Plain, the awesome science communicator at the Royal Institution. Thanks for listening to Shay Judah. I'll be back again soon with another episode. But in the meantime, you can keep up to date by subscribing to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts.